Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. So you see, here's what China has done strategically in the last 20, 30, 40 years. China recognized two things. China recognized the global market, and China recognized that Western elites were total crooks and sellouts. So what did China do? Well, China said, hey, we'll embrace the one-world government. We'll embrace a one-world economy, a one-world market. We'll embrace that when the World Economic Forum people would go to China and meet with China's leaders and meet with Xi Jinping. China China said, okay, yeah. And believe me, this is no, I'm not speaking positively of China's leadership here. I'm just telling you what happened. So China's leadership said, okay, we'll accept the global market, the global economy, and everything else, but you're going to base it off of our system and infrastructure. And the globalists said, absolutely. We like the technotronic tyranny that you have. We like the clamp down on freedoms and everything you have here. We'll absolutely, we'll use your place as a testing ground. You roll it out, you lay it out, and we'll adopt that. So China says internally, okay, well, we'll go into your one world government. We're going to, strategically place ourselves logistically at the top of it and there's nothing you can really do about that so okay so they want to use china's system of tyranny to bring out to the world and then china which had the largest population 10 years ago now i think it's second largest behind india said well we'll just have ourselves strategically in an advantage point by having 99% of the the rare earth minerals. So now China can actually bargain with the New World Order as they're logistically in a bargaining position where all the New World Order agents that have been corrupting all these other countries have no bargaining power. And that's why you see Canada falling. That's why parts of America have fallen that are run by Democrats. That's why you see parts of Europe and everything, because the deal was already made. You're going into a one-world government. We're going to be in charge of rolling it out. COVID was the tool that initiated all of this. So the people, realizing this was the case, said, wait a second, we don't want to be a part of a world government. We're not going to be a part of this at all. So now they've got their problem. And it was in 2010 a Rockefeller document, Operation Lockstep. It was in 2010, and then it was in 2016, and I think 17 with the Bilderberg Group, where they said, we're going to launch our world takeover. We're going to use a virus to do it. We're going to use medical tyranny to be the the rollout of, of the execution of powers. And the debate was, what do you do with the inevitable uprising what do you do with the proletariat class? And they wrote it all out in their documents. You, you label them as criminals. You build the case that they're the criminals. Then you label them as terrorists. Then you arrest them, disappear them, censor them, take their bank accounts. All of this pre-planned. 
and you're just witnessing it now. You're living in it now. First came Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and Super Mario Brothers. And now the ultimate retro nostalgia throwback game. I present to the world Alex Jones' New World Order Wars. They're turning the friggin' frogs game. I'll eat your ass. You Nazi scum. Let's free the Patriots and defeat the globalist tech teams. We are going to defeat the globalists very bigly. This game is mostly peaceful. Woo! Ah! going to lower the world's population. <laughs> oh, big deal. I'm taking you down, rapist. I did not have sexual relations with that saxophone. <laughs> Download it now at alexjonesgame.com because as we all know, anything badass gets censored. former head of Russia's space agency, says that the Apollo moon landings were fake. And in a recent video going around, Vladimir Putin is briefed that several moon landing images are considered to be fake by artificial intelligence. There's a great deal of human intelligence who do not believe that the Apollo moon missions were authentic. And here are some of the reasons why. NASA was run by former Nazi Werner von Braun, who was beholden to the U.S. government for secretly importing him into the country via Project Paperclip, as were the dozens of other Nazis who joined him to work as rocket scientists, all of them with a good reason to keep a secret. And the overwhelming majority of astronauts were Freemasons and the sons of Freemasons. Freemasons swear on their lives to keep the secrets they are entrusted with. Why on earth would anyone trust NASA? If the moon landing was real, it would have been a miraculous achievement because NASA was failing at every level of the mission and did not believe they would be able to achieve their goal. In 1967, government inspector Thomas Barron testified before congressional investigators that the Apollo program was failing. Six days after his testimony, he was killed with his wife and child when a train crashed into his car. Astronaut Gus Grissom held an unauthorized press conference where he criticized the program and said it would take another 10 years to fly to the moon. Five days later, he was killed on the job. Gus Grissom's last words were, how are we going to get to the moon if we can't talk between two or three buildings? Moments later, the Apollo 1 command module caught fire, killing astronauts Grissom, White, and Chaffee. Several key members of the Apollo mission resigned just months before the mission. 
What NASA had been successful at was a massive marketing operation that put space travel into the zeitgeist of American pop culture. And they had spent billions creating multiple sound stages with realistic models of the moon to begin producing simulations of the moon landing. NASA had several problems to solve. Problems with communications, the rockets, and the lunar module. But one of their biggest obstacles was deadly radiation. In order to reach the moon, one has to pass through what is known as the Van Allen radiation belt. And NASA announced in 2014 that this was still a problem when they launched an unmanned spacecraft to try to solve it. Radiation like this could harm the guidance systems, onboard computers, or other electronics on Orion. Naturally, we have to pass through this danger zone twice, once up and once back. But Orion has protection. Shielding will be put to the test as the vehicle cuts through the waves of radiation. Sensors aboard will record radiation levels for scientists to study. We must solve these challenges before we send people through this region of space. Aside from the Apollo moon missions, no one has ever gone past the Van Allen radiation belt. The Apollo moon mission had no protection against the radiation, and astronauts don't even seem to know about it. Any ill effects from the Van Allen radiation belts? No. Now, I'm not sure we went far enough out to, to encounter the Van Allen radiation belt. Maybe we did. The belts are 1,000 miles to 25,000 miles above then, the Earth. We, then we went right out through them. According to NASA, we can go no higher than low Earth orbit. The plan that NASA has is to build a rocket called SLS, which is a heavy lift rocket. It's something that is that is much bigger than what we have today, and it will be able to launch the Orion capsule with humans on board, as well as uh, landers or other uh, components to via, to destinations beyond Earth orbit. Right now, we only can fly in Earth orbit. That's the farthest that we can go, and this new system that we're building is going to allow us to go beyond and hopefully take humans into the solar system to explore. So the moon, Mars, asteroids, there's a lot of destinations that we could go to. In the documentary film, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. The three astronauts of Apollo 11 are seen in low Earth orbit, figuring out how to stage a fake image for the camera. This film was recorded when the Apollo 11 was said to be nearing lunar orbit and we can see and hear them manipulating the shot to make the Earth appear to be thousands of miles away, when in fact they have blacked out the inside of the craft and are blocking off the window facing the surface to make it look like the Earth at a distance. When we hear Houston radio approval for the shot, the astronauts do not respond until an unknown third party can be heard whispering, talk. Call Apollo 11, Houston, the astronauts are told they are being pre-recorded and edited for a subsequent live broadcast. Buzz Aldrin explains how they shut out the sun to achieve the illusion of the one window being the Earth in the black of space. And with direction from Houston, they get it to look right for the camera. We then hear the portion meant for the public, with Neil Armstrong claiming to be 130,000 miles from Earth and describing a single camera 
pressed up against the window to achieve the shot. But in the unedited footage, we see objects passing between the camera and the window. We see a work light in the dark. And finally, when they are done with their hoax, the final few frames reveal the truth. Protecting humans in this radiation wasn't the only problem. The high-end Hasselblad camera had no protection against radiation, and there is no explanation as to how it was able to take photographs in negative 200-degree weather with a constant bombardment of cosmic radiation. And the pictures themselves are full of anomalies. According to the official story, the only external light source was the sun. But in all these photographs, there appears to be only artificial light, hot spots, and fall-off areas, when it should be as bright as a desert on Earth. And if the sun were the only light source, then all shadows would run parallel to each other. But in these photos, shadows either run perpendicular to each other, proving multiple light sources, or in others, the shadows are divergent, proving a single local light source. Shadows created by sunlight have a sharp edge. Shadows created by artificial light have fuzzy edges. Even the camera expert from Hasselblad agrees that these photos were shot using artificial light sources. Yes, it it seems like he's standing in the spotlight. (laughs) And I can't explain that. Uh, That that escapes me. (laughs) Why? The photographs all appear to have been taken on a professionally lit soundstage, which could have easily been part of their billion-dollar simulation project. And when you compare scenes from the Apollo moon landing footage with scenes from Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, there is strong evidence that the exact same technology was used. In the late 60s, a state-of-the-art front projection system developed by Scotchlight allowed Kubrick to simulate expansive backgrounds by projecting them onto a large screen made with small glass beads. The giveaway for this cinematic trickery is that the foreground must always hide the bottom of the Scotchlight projection screen in the background. In order to do this, the bottom of each set needs to have a complete horizon line between the set in the foreground and the screen in the background. And we can see this signature in all the Apollo images. We can also see light refraction off the glass beads in the Scotchlight screen. The lunar module appears to be cheaply constructed with tinfoil and Scotch tape. And the 10,000-pound thrust rocket on this flimsy craft didn't even leave a mark in the ground beneath it. There is no moisture or discernible atmosphere on the moon, and yet we can see mud and dust being flung into the air. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. But when we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when you look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. I only encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life. 
all at the same time keeping us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsTore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsTore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. Winter isn't coming. Winter is here. And while the sun isn't helping us produce as much vitamin D, do yourself a favor and try InfoWars Life Winter Sun Plus. Winter Sun Plus is a powerful vitamin D-based formula bringing you straight vitamin D3 free of toxic chemicals, allergens, preservatives, artificial colors, and GMOs. Our vitamin D3 formula supports the body's natural immune system, promotes calcium absorption for healthy bones and teeth, and helps sustain healthy tissue and systems of the body. In addition to the vitamin D, Winter Sun Plus includes vitamin K and E to enhance the formula and provide you with even more whole body support. And all these vitamins are presented in a way that is both delicious and easy to absorb. When the winters come, they come cold. So weather the storm and supplement with Winter Sun Plus at InfoWarsStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. There is no moisture or discernible atmosphere on the moon, and yet we can see mud and dust being flung into the air. In an original recording between Houston and astronauts on the moon, a reply is heard instantly, which would not be possible from that distance. Roger, Jim, copy. And are you progressing towards Dune Crater now? Yes. The same recording was then edited for a public broadcast, and four seconds were added. Roger, Jim, copy. And are you progressing towards Dune Crater now? Yes. And when they supposedly left... There was no visible flame on the lunar module, even though hypergolic fuel visibly burns in a vacuum. And we never hear the 140 decibel rocket engine, which the astronauts are sitting on top of. 40 feet down, two and a half, picking up some dust. Four forward, four forward, drifting to the right a little. During takeoff, when it would have been burning at its loudest, an astronaut plays a musical recording, accentuating how quiet it is inside the craft. 99 Pro. Good lift off. Automatic. An official moon rock given to Holland by Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin was tested and found to be petrified wood from Earth. The lunar module designs have been thrown away, videotapes are missing, and all of the telemetry data, which could be used as evidence of the moon mission, is also somehow missing. We, we have been unable to, to, to track it down. I mean, we don't know. Uh, where this this telemetry data ended up, and we don't know the what what path it may have taken. So, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm afraid I can't really give you much of a clue as to as to where this data ended up. Greg Reese reporting. I have. An 
unexpected guest that has just joined me in studio, and that would be one Greg Reese. And I will go ahead and tell you that the crew that I love so much, they're going to be having a little going away party for me, of case, of course, before I, before I go in. Yeah, I don't even know. Maybe we can probably get that mic on. And Greg came in here and surprised me just a moment ago. He snuck up behind me, and uh, he was put, he was going to put me in a chokehold, actually, is what he was going to do. Almost. But he wanted to make sure that I was, you know, combat ready, uh, you know, in case in case anything goes down. But, uh, wow, Greg Reese, you, you, back to the InfoWars studios. That's right. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been a while. A it, year? I mean, seriously. At least a year, I think. Yeah, it's been a year. It's a little shadier outside, I noticed. And I think it's because of that building or something, but it's, like, a little more lush. It's, like, a little... You just, well, you just hang out in Florida all the time now. That's true. That's what it is. It's yeah. the Florida side. And you've got that long hair going, too. Yeah, that's true. You, I really let whole, it go. You're like a changed man. Yeah. I just let it go. I'm the, thinking, world's, the world's just sliding down, so I just, yeah. you know, I just have to slide down with it a little bit. Yeah. Is, are, are you on the honk pill? Are you, are you black-pilled, honk-pilled? Uh, no, I mean, I've been black-pilled for years. Uh, um, I've learned to make my peace with it. It is what it is. You just, uh, just got to do your best and surf it day by day and... It's getting crazy, though. Do you think we can avoid World War III? Um, I used to think that um, now that uh, the, the Holy War is being hatched... Uh, all over the world. It's going to take a miracle. Um, and it's yeah, not just... I agree. And, and all the religious zealots are really going to have to reel it in and find some humility because there's uh, people on all... In my opinion, there are people on all three uh, of these religions that... Not all of them, of course, uh, but there are there are millions, I think, in all three religions that are... Hungry for this war, and it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. It seems to me like the whole purpose of religion and God is to learn how to love your neighbors and and strive for peace, not fight over real estate. You know. So. Well, and you know what's so strange to me, and this seems to be the phenomenon. Whatever war you talk about historically, it's always a minority that wants it. Yeah. It's always a minority of people. It's usually the elite people that profit off of it that don't actually go fight that want it. I mean, there probably hasn't been a war that's been actually supported by a majority of the people. I mean, even in 1776, most people didn't support George Washington. Yeah. Uh, you know, it took years for the people to finally get behind that when they realized the vision. But, you know, that seems to be the phenomenon. It's always the minority. Most because what most most Jews don't want war. Most Muslims don't want war. Most Christians don't want war. But as Agreed. you said, it's the religious zealots. It's the yeah. religious fanatics. You know, that's kind of been the thing to me that I think has stuck out more than anything uh, in the last week or so, is the religious fanaticism, and it's like they're foaming at the mouth for this war. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And and people have criticized me for not doing a video on Israel in the past. And the reason I didn't do one until recently was because, oh, mainly, well, one, it didn't come up in current events until recently. I don't think that they are at the top of the pyramid. I think that's a, a weapon in the toolbox uh, of the uh, global elites. Like the permanent victim class or like the top victim class in the victim economy. It's a big part of it. And the, uh, but I think the main reason I, I avoided it for so long was because I was really honestly praying desperately that we would get through this without the Holy War, that we could turn things around without sparking the passion and the, and the furor that's coming with this. Uh, you know, I was raised Catholic. I understand how passionate people are about their religious beliefs, and and once you start getting there with this, I mean, it's 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 a whole different ballgame. I think it's already made the political f struggle look like a picnic, you know, and it, it's it's made the left look just kind of uh, well. The left has always been what we knew they were. The left is really just people that believe the TV at this point. It's just people who think that the TV 
would never lie to him. Or any excuse to engage in terroristic activity. With a, with a nice with a nice touch to it, like oh, it's well, Black Lives Matter. We just burnt down whole cities. I would I would argue with that though. I mean, uh, the, there's good there's good points to the left. For example, the marches about Palestine right now is the left has always been. Uh, I don't know. I don't even like saying the left anymore. But liberals have always uh, had a a compassion for humanity and and strive for peace. Um, and uh, I'm one of those people. You know, I'm a peacenik. I am all about peace and love. Whole reason I'm doing this job is to try to wake people up so that we can, uh, we the people all over the world can band together. I'm all for violence against the tyrants, but there's only like ten thousand to a million of them, and 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 it's at the point we're at the point now where we're all just happy fighting each other, and it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating because um, the more we fight each other, the more I see failure everywhere. Well, I was covering the. Palestine marches that went into the Capitol yesterday, and from my point of view, in a, in, a, in a fair world or in in America, if we still had America, then I would say, hey, this is their First Amendment right. All of their activity yesterday should be protected by the First Amendment, and I don't think any of them should should serve should serve jail time. Now, the problem is the whole government's been weaponized against us. These are the rules that have been made. And so part of me is like, well, look, if they're going to go after us and jail us and, and persecute us for for our speech activity, well, do we use those rules against them to try to calm it down and say, OK, is this really where you want it to go? Because I would say no matter what side of the issue you stand on, that's their First Amendment right. Yeah, I agree. And there is no stopping it. Like these aren't small protests. These are not contrived I mean, some of them might be, but the ones I've seen are, are natural. Everyone's angry. I understand why they're angry. Well, it's they like seven reason. U.S. embassies have been attacked. Yeah. Now. I mean, people have every reason to be angry, and it's a real mess. It's a total mess. Uh, the fact is, is everyone is standing on stolen land. That's just a fact. Or um, conquered land. Or conquered land. Please and I'm not do not forget one who's that my book has gone number one on a bunch of the different subcharts. The Great Awakening Part 2 of The Great Reset, twice as long. The plan to defeat the globalists, launch the next great renaissance. But if you want to get destroyed for shipping, double Patriot points, Turbo Force, the best nootropic, 10-hour clean energy booster. It, it, it's the highest quality ingredients. It's amazing. Turbo Force, back in stock, InfoWarsStore.com. Up to 60% off on so many great products that are there. Winter Sun, the highest quality vitamin D3 that boosts your immune system, taken under the tongue for absorption. It's back in stock, 40% off. Winter Sun, Turbo Force. X2, Vitamin Mineral Fusion, DNA Force Plus, Vaso Beach for your blood and your heart and what it does for a nitric boost. Nitric boost. It's all there. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. The War Room. Infowars.com forward slash show. What did I tell you? Control every facet of the media. Now that he has launched his video game, he will be able to fund his larger operation in InfoWars Counter Allies. And then he will have more video games and then children's toys. And freedom is so popular. 
Look at what they've done when we shut down Tucker Carlson. He got 50 times better. We tried to bully Joe Rogan. Reports that, uh, but it is what it is. Israel is just the latest. And it's new and it's happening right now in front of our face, so it's televised. But we have to protect Ukraine because the bigger guy is coming in to yeah. take out the little guy. Yeah. And so we have to protect Israel because the... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I, I got confused. There's no logical consistency there. You know, Ben Shapiro is kind of in the low-hanging fruit and all of this, and and that's fine. He's really exposed himself, but really, a he lot has. of people have. He a lot of people have, but like I agree, Shapiro is kind of low-hanging fruit with all this. But you know, here's the attitude that I see. There was this news: a senior State Department official has publicly resigned from his position, citing his opposition to the continued lethal assistance the U.S. government is providing to Israel. Uh, so this is obviously a a, a Democrat. Um, a leftist in the political ideology, and Shapiro says, good, get out. Well, okay, he's a, he's a member of the media, so whatever. But this is the attitude that many members of our government have. It's like if you're anti-war, somehow that makes you anti-Semitic. If you're anti-war in Ukraine, that means you're pro-Putin. That is the most low-level intelligence. I mean, that's like one-dimensional kindergarten yeah. thinking. The good news is that that used to work very well a while ago, back in 9-11 days, that type of rhetoric, it worked brilliantly. And if you spoke out against it, it uh, you were not going to find much people that would openly agree with you. Things are different now. There is a very large, this is what gives me, the only thing that gives me hope still is there is a large amount of people that are waking up to this that are just seeing all the lies and are done with it and they don't want it. Um, you know, I think the one thing, if there was one thing that might be able to bring people together or provide some clarity would be 9-11 truth. What really happened on 9-11? Yeah, I would agree with that. Good luck getting that. You would need your, you would need a government that uh, isn't just nothing but crooks, you know? Yeah. But no. yeah, you're right. I agree. That was kind of the idea uh, that I had and a lot of people had was that if you just expose the truth to people, rip the Band-Aid off, uh, force red pill everyone, job done. And I still agree with that, but you need uh, some support in government for that. But one thing I will say before the break's coming up— I've been watching from Florida, and I am really proud of you and Harrison and, and Alex and the whole crew here because through all this, we really have, once again, been just about the only real source of media that's telling it from all sides and isn't just throwing out propaganda and pro-war stuff. And, uh, you know, it makes me proud. Yeah, I, I've been proud of that, too. And really, it just shows, once again, our loyalty is to the truth. And I think it's shown so many people out there that might even be truth tellers, but their loyalty at the end of the day is not to the truth. Right. Exactly. Exactly. My loyalty is to the truth. Truth and love. Uh, that's the only thing I think that's going to make this world a better place is to put these two things as our priorities in life. All right. Greg Reese making his return to the InfoWars studios. He's got the long flow now. I've, I've heard it could be a rumor, but now it's proof positive. He's going for the Bannon look. Is what I've heard. Well, I gotta put on. I gotta. I gotta eat some more. <laughs> you gotta also I'm wear maybe three uh, three polos. I think at once too. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a great to have Greg Reese back in Austin. He's gonna be part of my uh, sending off going away party. It means a lot. Where well, there's a family here, and you and the audience are a part of it as well. Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 disappeared on March 8th, 2014. On May 19th, about nine weeks later, a leaked video was published to YouTube by a third party who claimed to have received it on March 12th. The video shows what appears to be a jet airliner on fire, being trailed by three spiraling orbs. 
Eventually, the three orbs change to a vertical pattern and disappear in a flash with the airliner, leaving a dead-end trail of smoke in the sky. A month later, on June 12th, a second video was published to the same channel that showed the exact same event taken from a different viewpoint. These videos have been deleted from YouTube, but can still be found on archive.org. Ashton Forbes and his team have been researching these videos extensively and have provided exhaustive evidence that these videos are legitimate, including digital forensics verified by CGI professionals, eyewitnesses, and government data. Forbes and his team have successfully addressed all debunker claims and have listed them for all to see on X.com at just X Ashton. So far, nobody has been able to debunk this research. Their research shows that the first leaked video was taken from a pair of American signals intelligence satellites known as USA-229, twin satellites capable of creating 3D stereoscopic images by capturing two slightly different views. The twin USA-229 satellites are logged at the exact location, time, and apparent angle required to have captured this video. This event occurred at around 2.30 in the morning. It was completely dark. The wavelengths captured by these cameras are for detail, and the stereoscopic effect allows for added depth perception. The source of the second video has been identified as an MQ-1C Gray Eagle unmanned combat drone with infrared and thermal technology. This video focuses on the heat signature. And the man responsible for leaking these videos seems to be Lieutenant Commander Edward Lynn. He was accused of being a spy, but court transcripts prove that this was just spin. The details of his crimes, including the time they happened, are redacted. But it came out in the trial that the classified information in question was published on the internet. And Lieutenant Commander Edward Lynn had full security clearance to the same technology used to capture these videos. Using Inmarsat satellite ping data and military radar to track its path, and eyewitness testimony to verify it, Forbes put together the final flight path of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. On March 7th, at 1642 UTC, Flight 370 takes off from Kuala Lumpur International Airport. At 1721, the plane abruptly turns back towards the nearest airport in Penang. A witness on an oil rig reported that the plane was on fire. Several witnesses along the east coast reported hearing a loud bang and seeing a glow coming from the plane as it passed overhead. At 1752, the co-pilot's mobile phone pings the local tower. At 1840, an eyewitness on a boat reported that the plane was glowing orange and appeared on fire. The Inmarsat ping data shows the same sharp left turn that we see in the videos and then abruptly goes to zero as the plane disappears. The CCP released Chinese satellite images that appear to be three orbs. They first claimed it was debris and later said that releasing the image was a mistake. According to Chinese media, 19 families have signed a statement claiming they made calls that connected to missing passengers after the disappearance, but without an answer. Some people are saying this was alien UFOs saving a plane from crashing. But this doesn't explain the fact that three different advanced U.S. military surveillance cameras captured this one event. 23 of the passengers on board 
were related to free-scale semiconductors, a field leading the development of superconductor technology, which is what this appears to be, some type of superconductor targeting system for teleportation, which is reminiscent of what the Nazis were doing with their highly classified Die Glock project. Luminous objects like this were first reported in May of 1940 as Germany invaded Belgium, and by 1942, several people began reporting them. Starting in the skies over Germany, American pilots during World War II called them Foo Fighters. And let's not forget Gary McKinnon, who in 2002 was accused of perpetrating the biggest military computer hack of all time, and who claimed to have seen evidence of an advanced off-world military fleet. Greg Reese reporting. certified of probiotics for more than seven years. They got bought by a libtard company and said, we're not doing business with you, Mr. Jones, anymore. Finally, we got a probiotic just as good or better with a top lab that loves our show. We're able to private label it under InfoWars MD as our probiotic formula. So you can get a super high quality probiotic for amazing gut health and more at InfoWarsStore.com for 25% off right now. Now, wherever you get your probiotics, it's something everybody should be doing. But I'm asking you to try our probiotic. I think you're going to have an amazing effect and it funds our entire operation. So get your InfoWars MD probiotic today at InfoWarsStore.com. It's a high quality formula and it keeps us on the air. Take action now at InfoWarsStore.com. Let's go to Highwaymen in Illinois. You're on the air. Thanks for calling. Hey, Alex. It's uh, great to talk to you. A long time, long time listener. First time actually getting through calling. First, I, I want to uh, give a little plug on something that I, I don't feel that uh, you plug nearly enough. Your dad's turmeric toothpaste is incredible. I be first to admit I've kind of neglected my teeth, and I started using your dad's toothpaste, and my gums stopped bleeding, brushing my teeth, and I mean it is dentist cleaning clean every time you brush your teeth. It is incredible. Well, again, my dad, I say he's retired. He doesn't do a lot of practicing. He still has his license. He still takes care of friends and family and other folks. But yeah, he simply creates toothpaste with top toothpaste manufacturers that don't have fluoride, but then have all these essential oils, not just concentrated turmeric, but things like tea tree and a lot of other things in it. We don't really promote it a lot because the margin's so small, it, it won't fund the operation. But yeah, all three of his toothpaste, the turmeric, the tooth whitening, and the activated charcoal are all top of the line with no extra atoms or fillings, full of essential oils. They will blow you away. Thank you so much for the plug, sir. The War Room. Infowars.com forward slash show. A video of an emotional woman on a plane saying that the man next to her was not real goes viral. That mother- back there is not real this is followed by multiple videos of people 
claiming to have witnessed the man's eyes wink from side to side. When he winked at me, and it was his left eye looking back at me, it didn't wink like this. It winked like this. It didn't like like this. It was almost like his pupils winked. It was like from like this way. A video from 2022 falsely claims that it captured the event. And while it all goes viral, many of us can smell the nonsense. A Freemason with 300,000 followers on TikTok releases a video claiming to be the actual man from the plane. So we're attempting to fly out of Dallas-Fort Worth and then basically this woman, she sits next to me and she's clearly been drinking. I'm minding my own business and sure enough she sees my hoodie that has this Freemason logo on it. And on top of that she noticed my ring so she started to ask questions. Nothing dramatic, just asked me do I know what these symbols mean, why am I wearing it, what's the purpose, yada yada yada. And long story short, I basically just say, hey, I'm a Freemason. Next thing I know, she basically starts to grill me about low-level Freemason and that it's all Satanism and that it's ruled by reptilians and blah, blah, blah. So I simply put my hood up and I started to ignore her and basically just mind my own business. So moral of the story, don't believe everything you hear on the internet. You cannot believe anything you hear on the internet or anywhere else for that matter. And there are two main reasons why this all went viral. First off, the story of reptilian humanoids living among us goes all the way back to the beginning of recorded history. The oldest official writings on Earth are the Sumerian texts. They describe a reptilian race that genetically modified human beings with their own reptilian DNA. All three of the Abrahamic religions describe a reptilian race of humanoids that live among us. The story of the Garden of Eden in the Torah wherein Adam and Eve were created in the image of the Elohim, reptilian beings known as the Nachash began breeding with Eve so that they could be more like the Elohim. According to the Torah, these Nachash were obsessed with genetic modification and still live among us today, where they feed off a substance called Afar, which is the same substance that human beings are made of. In the Christian Bible, this creature is described as a serpent in a tree. In the Nag Hammadi, early Christian Gnostics wrote of a race of creatures known as the Archons, described as a reptilian humanoid. These Archons fed off of humans, including negative emotions such as fear and anger. The Quran also has writings that describe reptilian creatures who live among us, known as the Jinn. The Australian Aboriginal people have traditions and paintings that date back thousands of years, depicting a rainbow serpent creator god. And about 10,000 miles away, the Aztec Mayan serpent gods Kolkukan and Quetzalcoatl are also described as rainbow serpents, and were believed to have created human beings using their own DNA. This is found everywhere. The Druids of England called it Hakpen. The Romans called it Glycon. In Africa, it was Niami Niami. In Egypt, it was Apophis. Many royal bloodlines have claimed to be descendants of these serpent gods, such as Alexander the Great of Macedon, Emperor Jimu of Japan, and the Dragon Dynasty of Media, now known as Iran. The Nagas serpent beings of India are believed to still live among us in underground cities. And the Hopi Indians have stories of underground cities that are home to thousands of lizard people. 
Modern science supports the idea that humans have been genetically modified in the distant past, and neuroscientist Paul McLean introduced the triune brain model, which is based on an evolutionary view of human brain development, the reptilian brain being the most primal. This is where our fight or flight response comes from. It is the home of our lower ego mind. If we are part reptilian, then this could explain why we are so flawed and why we have Jesus to show us how to behave. Which brings us to the second reason why this all went viral. The reptilian brain craves attention and distraction, anything to avoid looking at one's own flaws. But the only power that we really have is the power to change ourselves, the power to raise our own consciousness. And for every person who fails to do this, the world is left with another mentally ill person, adding to all the chaos. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. All right, there was a story over the weekend that went pretty viral. But uh, leave it to me to notice what others don't. And so here's your report. Clip 26, an individual who worked at an airport was able to steal an airplane. That's right, steal an airplane. Here's the report in clip 26, and I'll tell you what they didn't notice as we go to the report now. It was August 10th, 2018. Richard Russell, also known as Bebo, clocked into work at SeaTac Airport at 2.36 p.m. You see him here briefly showing his badge to TSA. He walks through the employee security checkpoint. He's wearing a black T-shirt that says the sky's no limit. He grabs his backpack and continues. After this moment, five hours go by, according to the FBI report. It's unclear what he was doing for this time. Around 7.15 p.m., he arrived with a tow vehicle at the cargo area at the far north end of Sea. Known as Cargo One, air traffic control started to sense something was not right when trying to make contact. The dash eight on runway one six center, say your call sign. That's Russell on the left side of your screen in the tow vehicle. He's got complete control over the aircraft. You can see him release the plane from the vehicle, and the plane starts rolling forward. He really only has a few seconds to start running towards the door of the plane. Watch him as he opens the cabin door and jumps in. He pulls the door back up very quickly. Seattle ground, uh, horizon guy, um, about to take off. It's going to be crazy. More pilots started to chime in, and then it became clear something was definitely wrong. Sorry, you need to call and scramble now. Russell can be seen taking off in this new video. Several angles show the horizon airplane leaving ground. There's an emergency situation going on, and uh, FAA Tower's not accepting any uh, aircraft right now, not letting anybody depart. While up in the air, Russell continued to radio in. Hey, uh, I found myself in a bit of a predicament. I'm in the air right now, and just got around. At one point, he said he was going to check out Mount Rainier. Down below, all aircraft held from taking off. Just kind of freezing everybody at the moment. An hour and 13 minutes after taking off, Russell crashed the plane on a remote Pierce County island, ending one of the most serious domestic airline security breaches since 9-11. The FBI oh, ruled his death oh, a suicide. That? Pause, pause it right there. Pause it, pause it, pause it. What do I see there? What do I see on the screen here, guys? No, no, no. 
What do we see on the screen here, guys? Come on. How does everybody miss this? You're overthinking it. No, 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 no. There it is. It's plane wreckage. It's plane debris at a plane crash site. There it is. Okay. Let me see the. Wait, wait, wait. Let me see that. There it is. There's the plane debris. That's it. That's it right there. At a plane crash site, there's plane debris. I see it. I see it now. Why am I making a big fuss over this? Have you figured it out yet, folks? Where was the plane debris in Pennsylvania on September 11, 2001? There was none. Where was the plane debris on September 11, 2001 in the Pentagon? There was none. You can even see where you can even say where was the plane debris at the Twin Towers? Well, okay, maybe it all blew up. That's a different story though. Plane crash, plane debris. You had it at that story. I don't know why that video went viral, but it did over the weekend. But I noticed there's actual plane debris. Patrick Cowley is about to join us in the next segment with a big announcement. But Patrick, did you see? Did you see what I look at? It's plane debris, Patrick. At the side of a plane crash, there's there's plane debris, Patrick. How do I explain this? I can't figure it out. I was told there's a plane crash. There is no plane debris. There's just it's just. You know, there's none in Pennsylvania. There's none in the Pentagon on September 11th. Where's Rumsfeld? He was like Rambo. Remember, he was saving people and, you know, he was saving the day. I mean, who would have thought? Plane at the Pentagon. Who would have thought plane debris at the site of a plane crash? Not on September 11th, though. That's amazing. I've not been this excited ever. The replatforming begins now. now. Join Mug Club and get one month free with promo code Alex at jonescrowder.com. Please do not forget that my book has gone number one on a bunch of the different subcharts. The Great Awakening Part 2 of The Great Reset, twice as long. The plan to defeat the globalists, launch the next great renaissance. But if you want to get destroyed free shipping, double Patreon points, Turbo Force, the best nootropic, 10-hour clean energy booster. It, it, it's the highest quality ingredients. It's amazing. Turbo Force, back in stock, InfoWarsStore.com. Up to 60% off on so many great products that are there. Winter Sun, the highest quality vitamin D3 that boosts your immune system, taking it under the tongue for absorption. It's back in stock, 40% off. Winter Sun. Turbo Force, X2, Vitamin Mineral Fusion, DNA Force Plus, Vaso Beach for your blood and your heart and what it does for a nitric boost. Nitric boost. It's all there. InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. one of the most highly anticipated interviews of my time uh, at InfoWars, let alone uh, hosting the War Room. 
Ashton Forbes is an organizer of MH370X, a volunteer group dedicated to solving the mystery of MH370 and the science behind the advanced technology deployed on the plane. He's a government contractor with a security clearance unrelated to uh, anomalous phenomenon, but he's not bound by an NDA and everything revealed is publicly available information. MX370X is the first ever community-led crowdsourced investigation into this matter. Ashton is simply the voice of the community. His mission is true discourse on our terms without letting anyone set the narrative. Narrative. You can follow him on Twitter and find all this information that he's posting at JustXAshton on Twitter and on, and on YouTube, youtube.com slash JustXAshton. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ashton. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Harrison. And thanks, everybody, at InfoWars for watching along today. Yeah, absolutely, and a lot of people are. Like I said, one of the most highly anticipated uh, interviews we've had in a while. A lot of people wanted us to have you on. I'll admit... When I first saw your post start cropping up on my news feed, I was sort of like, Flight 370, the one in Malay, that fell in the ocean, right? I mean, I, just, I sort of ignored it for a while, but it kept coming and kept coming. I started paying attention to it. Our crew members started going, are you looking into this 370 thing? It's actually a pretty big deal. So I started looking into it. You're presenting some very interesting information. Just give the folks out there an overview of what you've uncovered about this uh, Malaysian air flight that disappeared uh, over the South Indian Ocean. Yeah, so right away, I just want to throw a quick shout out to Greg Reese, who has uh, covered this and all the truth seekers out there, uh, because without all the people who've been following along, keeping up with this investigation, we would not be where we're at today. I think that at this point, we are ready to disclose potentially the largest verifiable conspiracy of all time. And I know that's a bold claim to be making, especially on this show right now. But as you just heard, I think the official narrative out there that this plane crashed in the South Indian Ocean is complete nonsense. We can essentially prove that there's no chance that that's what happened to the plane. There was no debris field found for this plane, even though it was the largest, most expensive search in human history. The official search did not find one piece of the plane. If this plane had crashed into the ocean, there would be a debris field everywhere. It would have been visible from space for days. We would have seen it and found it the next day. We have satellites everywhere as part of this investigation. We uncovered this SIBR system, which is a real-time global persistent surveillance network that's basically monitoring the whole globe with a Google video playback. Mm. We didn't find any black boxes. The SOSA system didn't hear any acoustic detections. Neither did the Western Australia or Diego Garcia hydrophones. There was two radar systems, Indonesia and Australia. Don't see the plane on radar, even though supposedly it's flying in the South Indian Ocean. It's an active shipping route. They say it crashes in the daytime, but nobody sees it. There's no witnesses there. The official narrative has it running out of gas. The ocean's really big, but there's nowhere else for this plane to go. It's running out of gas by the official narrative. There's four emergency transponders that would go off when the plane crashes. We don't get any detections from any of them. There's 19 families of the victims who claim that they can call the victim's cell phone for up to four days, begging the governments to go look into these cell phones and why they're able to call them, including one who proves it on national television. Hmm. So just that weight of the evidence alone says the official narrative is not adding up. Well, and I remember at the time, you know, seeing some of this evidence and thinking, okay, the, the obvious answer is that it was somehow hijacked remotely and maybe landed at that. It was Diego Garcia's at the... Um, Air Force Base, very close to where it disappeared. I, I remember that sort of being my conclusion uh, at the end of the day w- when this first broke is that it must have been hijacked remotely and landed. And there's, I mean, there's a lot to get into here because there's who was on the plane, what they're involved in, how that relates to what you've discovered. And I am very interested to know how you got this uh, imagery that we're seeing here, the videos and things, because it does almost seem, 
uh, too good to be true. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not suspicious of it because I think you've thoroughly debunked your debunkers, and that's a part of what you do that we'll get into. Uh, but I'm just interested to know, like how you, how you've gotten to this point, how much work it's taken, it's taken, how much has gone on beyond uh, behind the scenes. So again, I'm here with Ashton Forbes. We'll be back on the other side to break down exactly what happened to MH370. It's mysterious. Harrison Smith is where the shields of truth are forged in the fires of inquiry. Ashton Forbes can be followed on Twitter at JustXAshton. He's recently published an open letter to Congress. He says, my name is Ashton Forbes, and I'm currently disclosing the most important videos in the history of the world. Quite a claim, but I think he can back that claim up because if what you've discovered is, is really what happened... This is a very big deal. So if you can, uh, what happened to MX, uh, or MH370? What happened to this plane? Yeah. So this plane takes off from Kuala Lumpur, headed to Beijing at 1642 UTC. And we like to talk about UTC times because it makes it a little simpler to understand. Um, at 40 minutes into this flight, we have the final communication that's publicly available that says, Good night, Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. 64 seconds later, this plane goes dark. So this is the part where we believe that a lithium-ion battery fire breaks out, either that it's sabotage or that it happens accidentally. There is almost 500 pounds of lithium-ion batteries on board this plane, which are extremely dangerous uh, things to be having in the cargo bays. They were outlawed later on. And at the same time, there's a witness, Mike McKay, sees the plane on fire from an oil rig just in the max distance you could see a plane at cruising altitude. He only sees it on fire for about five to 10 seconds. The plane goes dark and turns around. At this point, there's a Wired article that mentions that the correct course of action, if you had a fire scenario, would be to pull the buses to basically reset all the computers in there, and then your plane would go dark. Um, around the same time when this plane goes dark, there's nine witnesses along the coast hear loud noises as well. All of these witnesses end up getting discredited in addition to every other witness I'm going to talk about. Ten minutes later, this plane turns around. It's flying towards Penang, Lankawi International Airport, the closest airport that you would go to in an emergency situation where you could land a 777 at night. And ten minutes later, we have the situation where now another, a communication is heard by a 777 pilot who doesn't want to be named because they probably don't want to lose their job like Mike McKay did, saying that they hear the co-pilot and or co-pilot uh, um, with some uh, static, and they don't give any more information about the communication. At the same exact time, there's ten, uh, eight fishermen who are off the coast of Thailand and Malaysia, and they actually see the plane flying very low. Now, contrary to the narrative that this was somehow a suicide route, you know we've already developed now that they're going to the closest airport. We see this plane flying low, which is, indicates that they are trying to save the passengers if there was a depressurization event, because you need to fly low in order to give the passengers enough oxygen to breathe. So the plane gets to Penang. And weirdly, we if you watch the uh, Malaysian Minister of Defense interviews, this is a very sketchy guy. He claims that this plane was unidentified on radar, but that they knew it was a civilian airliner and that they knew that this plane was not hostile. The only way that you can know that, assuming this, you know, the hijacking scenarios at play, a pilot suicide scenarios at play, is if you actually have communication with the plane. They also don't send up any jets, which people have really attacked them for. 
The most likely answer is because they know it's not a scenario where you need to send jets up. It's an emergency event. Potentially, even the United States government is going to take control of the situation. Mm. It gets to Penang at 1752 UTC, which is about 30 minutes after it goes dark. For whatever reason, it doesn't land there. We have speculated that it could be because the lights are not on. It's a third world country. It's two in the morning, essentially. The airport would have been closed. Um, it wouldn't have been safe to land for whatever reason. Perhaps the landing gear was damaged. Uh, perhaps they couldn't dump the fuel because of the fire scenario. It would have been too dangerous. Um, whatever the case may be, they fly over the airport. The co-pilot's cell phone pings the cell tower down below, mm. meaning they might have been trying to call for help. Recently, people have told me as well that it's possible that there was they didn't realize it was an emergency event until like after it gets towards Penang and after Penang. So they might not even have been able to communicate with the airport to tell them, hey, turn the runway lights on so we can land. Whatever happens, this plane goes through the Straits of Malacca, into the Andaman Sea, and to the Nicobar Islands. This is still the agreed-upon flight path. The official time when this plane lost signal, 1840 UTC. That's about an hour or two hours after this plane takes off, and now about an hour after it flies over Penang. They change this time several days later. And they claim that the last communication is really no 1815 or 1822 UTC based on some radar data. The reason why this is important is 1840 UTC and this point in the Nicobar Islands is where the official narrative says this plane turns into the South Indian Ocean. Our uh, uh, approach, our narrative, our story says this is where the videos are happening. And the reason we know this is in the satellite video, we can actually see the coordinates in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. And the coordinates indicate the Nicobar Islands right there. So what we did is we looked up all the satellites and we could look up amateur trajectories. We found out USA 229 was right there in the location where it could send the data needed to create this satellite imagery that we're seeing. And we found out that it was right at 1840 UTC. Then we find out there's a witness. The last witness is down there on a boat, KT. She's going from uh, India to Phuket, Thailand. She sees a glowing orange plane flying low, descending with black smoke coming out of it. When we look at our videos, we're seeing something come out of the, both of our videos at the, at the back of the plane, which could potentially be smoke. It's too low for it to be contrails because this plane is very low. We can see these cumulus clouds right next to it that only form between 1,000 and 5,000 feet. We even checked the weather. The weather within 15 minutes is consistent with these low cumulus clouds as well. So Catherine T's sighting, even the direction of travel the plane in her sighting, which they were able to recreate from the automatic GPS, is consistent with the videos and the story we've put forth of the fire. Now, lastly, what I'll say is some of people have set, probably have sitting there thinking, well, you just told me they didn't find any debris, but some debris washed up on some shores. That was not part of the official search at all. Some of that debris actually has burn marks on it. The parts that, the parts that have burn marks are consistent with the honeycomb pattern of a Boeing airplane. There's also a piece of debris that's not reported, which is a fire suppression device from a B777 that washes up in the Maldives a couple weeks later. The Maldives is intentionally uh, ignored and not included in the search for whatever reason. There's even a serial number visible on it. If you guys Google it, you'll be able to see it, uh, which would potentially have tied it to the plane. So the scenario that we put forth with this fire event happening, completely consistent with the tiny amounts of debris, less than 1% of the plane that they found. Um, and then in our videos, we see the magic happen. And I almost wish that we didn't see these orbs in the videos, which I think is U.S. government third-party contractor technology. 
And I almost wish we didn't see this event, this zap that we see where the plane disappears. Because if you took that out of these videos, I don't think anyone would have any hard time believing that the videos are real. And we would be able to under uncover the truth and the conspiracy that the U.S. government did something to this plane. But because we have these orbs, it, it's just shattering the minds, ontological shock of the UFO community, of really everybody out there, because it defies everything that we've been told could be true. So what are the orbs? Because so I, I, I agree with you. That's what I, I think I said earlier. You know, it's almost too good to be true or something. I mean, you see these orbs and it's like, well, what are they? Yeah. And so what we see that is happening here is we're seeing a non-radiating barrier. We're not looking at a metal sphere here. We're looking at an object that's creating a field that is displacing itself from space-time. And when it does that, what it can do is reduce the mass of the object to zero. If you've reduced the mass of the object to zero, now you can float freely. Now you can accelerate at speeds that would be impossible for conventional craft, which is what we're seeing happen with these orbs where they're traveling at roughly Mach 3 speeds, as estimated by comparing it to the plane, mm -hmm. uh, which is a 777 turning wall in descent. It's maxing out its capabilities in both videos that are perfectly in sync with one another. So what uh, originally I had hypothesized, which engineers have now reached out to me, uh, theoretical physicists have reached out to me and essentially confirmed, is that we're talking about room temperature superconductivity essentially being the key that is unlocking this technology. And there are certain shapes, toroids, which can essentially trap the electromagnetic fields and amplify them to a degree where you can create this space-time barrier around the object that is allowing these orbs to travel at these speeds. And then we also, even just very recently, the pattern they're creating is a 120-degree sinusoidal zero-point energy pattern. And what this means is these orbs could be essentially locking on to the plane. They can be both attracting and repelling from one another, which is why we see this perfect triangle formation going around them. Now, when I first saw these videos, I thought, this has to be technology that's thousands of years advanced, has to be non-human intelligence. It's just too far out there. But the more I've dug into this case, the more I realized this is not non-human intelligence. This is our version of what potentially that might look this like. This could be and the first, the first revelation this. of this technology in human hands. We have a lot of questions, folks. Stay tuned. We're just scratching the surface. Infowarstore.com. We also have Stroid Free Shipping, double Patriot points. We have X2 about to sell out. We have Winter Sun, the best D3, finally back in stock. Still good for immune system. We have Vaso Beats with the nitrous oxide to boost your heart health. All of it. We have Turbo Force, the most powerful, high quality brain boost nootropic out there that's also good for you, unlike other brain boosters that aren't. Turbo Force discounted. Infowarstore.com. Get Turbo Force. Get Winter Sun. Get it all at InfoWarsStore.com. And I want to thank you all for keeping us on air over the years. You've seen that we've delivered together. You delivered supporting us. I've delivered not giving up. Praise God and pass the ammunition in the information war. Get a copy of my book, The Great Awakening. Sign or unsigned, InfoWarsStore.com. Take action. What would you do if there was a tyrannical totalitarian world government taking over whose plan was to kill 90% of the world population and they were already beginning to do it? You would rally against it, you would fight it. And that's what we're doing. This is the reality of 2023. 
I just want to thank listeners and viewers for your last year's support. I want to encourage you now more than ever to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, to take clips and share it from the broadcast, and to buy products that enrich your life at InfoWarsTore.com. We have the signed or unsigned copy of my new book, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalist and Launch the Second Renaissance. Twice as long as my last book, incredibly powerful, signed or unsigned, InfoWarsTore.com. And we have X2 finally back in stock after over year infowarstore.com we have turbo force 10 hour clean energy back in stock and a bunch of other great products as well so please visit infowarstore.com and do your christmas shopping there fund the infowar and get great products all at the same time the war room infowars.com forward slash show all right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The War Room. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Ashton Forbes is my guest. You can follow him on Twitter at JustXAshton. And especially for our radio listeners, you got to go to the Twitter because you got to see the videos. I mean, if you're a television viewer, if you're on Band.Video, you're seeing what I'm talking about. But if you're a radio listener, how do I even describe this? It's a uh, look, what looks to be an infrared shot of a plane flying and circling the plane sort of around the around the plane's way i don't have the words to describe i don't have the words to describe this Ashton. but i mean there's three orbs that are circling the plane that seem to sort of come out of nowhere and they're circling the plane and then i guess it just it just disappears like i said there's so many questions to get to here ashton i guess first is how did you even get these videos? Where are these videos from? What angle are we even looking at here? Is this a satellite that's a top-down view, or is it at some angle to the Earth? What are these videos? Yeah, so the satellite view, we're looking down. I think that that's how little understanding we have of what the satellite capabilities are in the United States. And that's why when we found this Sibbers video where you can just Google this, if you're a radio listener, go to the videos tab. You'll see Lockheed Martin's website, Global Persistent Surveillance Monitoring. They have capabilities that are essentially Google Earth, but with video playback. Right. And they can probably just pull back anything they want, anytime, anywhere they have a satellite that can pull information back. The Cyber system, the intention is tracking missiles, boats, planes, intelligence, and battlefield awareness, all consistent with what we're seeing in the videos here. Um, these videos date back to 2014. I actually remember seeing the drone video, which is the colorized uh, uh, electro-IR camera produced by Raytheon, a multi-spectral camera, back in 2014, but my conscience had not risen to the point where I could even understand what I was looking at that time. We actually believe that the person these videos were leaked to, Regicide Anon, a YouTube account, they probably didn't even know that what they were looking at was real, and that the leaker, a mili U.S. military personnel, had to convince them that what they were looking at was real. They probably had to tell them, hey, you're looking down here in this as well. You're not looking up in this satellite footage. Uh, you can find the links if you go to my Twitter Top of my uh, pinned tweet is all evidence, which is 12 pages long. We're probably not going to be able to get through all of it today. I just want to hit the key points for people out here. You can find those archive links that prove these videos go all the way back to 2014. The first video even says received March 12th, 2014, just four days after the plane disappeared. That's that satellite video. We can see that drone is cropped out in the satellite video. We can see from the drone video, this HUD data has been removed. If we look at those 2017 DOD Navy FLIR uh, videos, we can see that it looks very similar to that, but the leaker is added using the onboard software, this thermal layer. And the reason why people do that is they want to show more details. In the case of the, the drone video, we can tell which details they really wanted to stick out. 
They want us to see that there's trails in front of the orbs, forward-facing gravity engine. What's happening is orbs are creating their own geodesics. Not only are they ignoring gravity, they're creating their own gravity and pulling themselves along like train tracks on it. And so we can also see there's a thermal signature within the orb that's spinning as well. And from talking to Bob Greenier, an engineer, he says that this is due to the toroidal effect that's inside of these orbs from the, uh, the um, I'm going to say it incorrectly, the fractal toroidal moments that are happening. And essentially what this is is where it's able to magnify, amplify this electromagnetic signature in order to create this forward-facing engine that we see that's actually distorting the atmosphere. It's why we see this cold trail in front of it. Potentially, you might even be able to see this if someone were to look up and watch. Mm. Now, when they're spinning around, they also have some purpose here. It looks like they are mapping the plane, getting it ready for this event that they're about to have it undergo. And then about halfway through their pattern, all of a sudden, the orientation changes. It becomes a ring around the plane, and it goes vertical. And then right before this zap happens, in the thermal especially, we see a lot of detail where these orbs converge on the plane. And in the last frame, before we see this plane get encompassed and undergo this uh, macroscopic phase conjugation, which is a phase change of the plane from uh, macro to quantum, mm. that we actually see the orbs flatten and we see the plane itself begin to blur. Now, this has been described as that the, the time of the plane is speeding up. It's accelerating. It's approaching superluminal speeds, the speed of light, essentially. So when I say teleportation, it's a bit of a crude approximation. What's really happening here is that a unifying theory of quantum and macro has been uncovered. The military-industrial complex has had access to it for at least 10 years. And what this allows is for stuff that we would think to be magic, but is adequately described by the double-slit experiment, the most mysterious experiment in physics. And so this plane, and just recently on my podcast that I just put together just to be able to understand the science, I had Dave Rossi, who is a DOD contractor and engineer himself, uh, hypothesize that there's a fourth orb. And the fourth orb is in the destination of travel, wherever you want this to go to. And it's entangled to the other three orbs. And so the idea of what's happening here is this plane is being teleported, quote unquote, at the speed of light, maybe even faster than the speed of light, you know, using quantum teleportation, quantum entanglement to the location of that fourth orb. Now, we can't really prove where that would be because we don't have two high-quality military videos on the other side, but we can say that this is happening right there in the Nicobar Islands, and this is the reason, as hard as it is to believe, that we, didn't able to, we weren't able to find any plane, even after 10 years almost, after looking in the most expensive search, looking above water, below water, why we didn't get any acoustic detections, is that this is the scenario that you know, makes the most sense. And that's what's most compelling about these videos is without these, we would have never solved the case. And I think that the leaker who was probably watching on an airplane, tracking the plane, who was looking at the drone footage, who was probably watching the cyber system, tracking the plane, also realized no one's going to ever solve this case unless they leak this footage. So this was leaked footage, and it's two different videos, one from a drone and one from a satellite, right? I'm just trying to – there's so much information that, that you've provided. I'm just trying to uh, keep it all in tracks. As, as you said, I, I don't have the, the scientific wherewithal to even understand what I'm looking at here, but it's making sense the, the way you're describing it. So, so one was a satellite, one was a drone. Both of these were leaked and have been available on the internet since 2014, but only now with you and the work that you're doing with – uh, MH370X, are, are these being made publicly available and explained uh, satisfactorily? 
Yeah, the explanation is the hardest part, right? And that's what we had been missing, is that we needed those FLIR footage from 2017. We actually probably needed Trump to post that satellite picture. Mm. Because when that picture got posted in 2019, a lot of people thought it couldn't be real. They thought there had to be more atmospheric distortion if that's an image from space. But the answer is it's not necessarily just an image from space. If you watch the Sibbers video on Lockheed Martin, they give away the secret which is that they are constantly surveilling the whole world in IR uh, satellites all the time, and they're building a computer program that's taking all that data, just like Google Earth, but it has video playback. When you watch Google Earth, you're not watching the satellites move, but you can still see the images, right? right. Now, imagine if they're doing that all the time, every second. And this is why in our satellite video, it's six frames per second, because it's a huge field of view that is constantly building this real-time video playback that can also be recorded and played back anytime they want. Um, and what we were able to uncover early on and why I got started to get invested in the case was that there's a mouse in the satellite video. Some people think it's a bird, but there's actually a black mouse. This you is mean like, like, a computer, like a computer indicator, uh, arrow, mouse. Yep. Yeah. And that's not what's moving the screen is that that mouse doesn't, the satellite coordinates don't change when that mouse moves around. They're using like a trackball or um, some other analog to move the... Uh, this perspective around oh my god and what we no, found I mean, out is I mean, that that mouse well, hold but, on stay there we got to go to break but yep. uh the the amount of hidden technology that's being revealed right now sort of overwhelming i'm just i'm, I'm it's kind of fun for me i'm sort of the audience as well where i'm just trying to wrap my mind around what's going on here we'll be back on the other side with ashton George. oh my god <laughs> please do not forget that my book has gone number one on a bunch of the different subcharts. The Great Awakening Part 2 of The Great Reset, twice as long. The plan to defeat the globalists launched the next great renaissance. But if you want to get destroyed for shipping, double Patriot points, Turbo Force, the best nootropic, 10-hour clean energy booster. It, it, it's the highest quality ingredients. It's amazing. Turbo Force, back in stock, InfoWarsStore.com. Up to 60% off on so many great products that are there. Winter Sun, the highest quality vitamin D3. It boosts your immune system, take it under the tongue for absorption. It's back in stock, 40% off. Winter Sun, Turbo Force, X2, Vitamin Mineral Fusion, DNA Force Plus, Vaso Beach for your blood and your heart and what it does for a nitric boost. Nitric boost. It's all there. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. Infowars.com forward slash show. The War Room with Harrison Smith, where the shields of truth are forged in the fires of inquiry. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you caught it there at the end of that last break, but here I am learning about this incredible technology, this this bizarre mystery unfolding in front of me. I'm getting goosebumps. I'm already in a, in a heightened state of, of sensitivity and suddenly Alex Jones comes busting in yelling. Practically made me jump out of my chair, but uh, obviously a lot of people are very excited about this information and uh, he wants to have you on tomorrow to really hammer this out. Ashton Forbes is my guest at JustXAshton on Twitter and like I was saying at the end of the, the last segment, I love interviews like this because it's it's not even a back and forth. I'm just an avatar for the audience learning along with them. And hopefully, you know, I can ask the same questions that I know are rattling around the heads of our listeners and viewers right now. And I, I guess the first one would be, you know, we know that they've been experimenting with anti-gravity technology 
as early as probably the 40s. A lot of the early UFO sightings were a part of this. The As uh, Greg Reese put in his report about what Ashton Forbes and the MH370X group has been revealing, the bell, uh, or however you say it in German, but it's been around for a while. Now you're talking about quantum mechanics, free energy, anti-gravity technology. Why now? Why do it to this plane? Why risk disclosure of this? And why haven't we seen it since? Why did they do this now? Yeah, these are got to be the most highly guarded secrets that are out there. Uh, I would imagine the only reason why I haven't been dealt with is that they just must assume that Russia and China have already figured out. I mean, if we've mm. figured this out from a Twitter account, then, you know, I hope those intelligence communities have, because if they haven't, then we're just so far ahead of them, they don't even matter at this point. Um, now, you know, I think that there's warring factions in the government, that some people want this out, some people don't. As people can probably tell from online, there's, this stuff is shattering various communities in half. A lot of people can't believe this stuff to be real. It means that we've been getting lied to for a long time. I think that within the government, there are certain factions that say we have to stop the lies. And that's mm-hmm. my opinion, too, is that we have to get the truth out there. This technology can change the whole world. We don't need to be driving around in cars. We don't need to have planes that are using chemical rockets. We, you know, we don't need any of this stuff anymore, essentially. You know, anti-gravity technology is real, and it's out there. They took a huge risk doing this to the plane. And I don't think they thought it would leak. You know, the risks and the um, consequences of somebody leaking this are huge. We've speculated that the person that leaked this didn't even know that they were looking at U.S. anti-grav technology, if you want to call it that. They probably just thought they were looking at UFOs. Mm. And they thought, oh, well, I'm going to leak this UFO video because it's going to tell people that, you know, UFOs took the plane. And then later on, when they start getting charged with life in prison for espionage, they realize, oh, crap, I screwed up. Like, this is actually our technology. I just gave away our Trump card potentially to Russia and China who are going to be able to figure this out, right? So, you know, the motive here in our minds from looking into this case is the 20 free-scale semiconductor engineers on board this plane. We found more evidence that ties these people to the plane than I thought would would be possible. It's not going to be about these patents that are out there. That's a red herring. You know, those patents are actually owned by the company despite being in individual people's names, but I do think it's about the technology that they were working on. A semiconductor is just a non-perfectly conductive superconductor. Now, we found a 2005 NSA National Security Agency report. I couldn't believe we found this. It talks about commercial emergence of room temperature superconductors. And room temperature superconductors are what makes all the magic happen here. Right. Um, this is where we talk about floating objects. This is where we can create magnetic fields that are so powerful that they can break the vacuum energies of space-time where you can create these bubbles that we see that allow these objects to float. This company is referenced nine times in this report. And the report uh, starts off by saying that this could be available by 2010 or 2012. And this was back in 2005. But then it concludes by saying only if government intervention gets involved. And not just that, but we also found out that this company is actually tied directly to United States aerospace and defense. And that there's actually a uh, press release they put out saying that they had a major initiative dedicated to serving RF power needs for U.S. aerospace and defense. So if you think about it from the perspective of this fire emergency event, then you say, well, the motive is you don't want to lose this intellectual property. Maybe you can't afford to lose it. These people are directly tied potentially to the technology we see in the videos. Now, if you flip it around and say, well, this fire maybe was started as espionage, 
you know, maybe this whole thing was espionage from the beginning. Now you're trying to prevent these people from going to China with their intellectual property. 12 of them are Malaysian nationals, eight of them are Chinese nationals, but they're working for an American company. The story that is that they're going to upgrade the plants there in China. So that could be your motive. And then several people have also speculated that, well, maybe the motive is this plane's doomed. If it tries to land in the ocean, it's going to rip apart. Everybody's going to drown in the middle of the night. So maybe you just pull out your you know, uh, secret project that says, okay, if this is a plane, doomed plane, we're going to test out this technology and see you know, if we do this macroscopic phase conjugation to the plane, that will people actually survive it, right? Or are we going to have a right. Philadelphia experiment occur where people are stuck in the hull of the ship, right? Mm. So again, just, you know, when I, when I think about conspiracy and I try to determine whether or not there, there's something there, I just think of my, if I'm trying to perpetrate this, if I'm the one who's coordinating or orchestrating it, I would think, okay, if we want to get rid of this plane or we want to make this plane disappear, or we want to take out these 20 semiconductors, whatever it is, there's easier ways to do it. You could hijack it remotely. You could hit it with a missile. What would validate or make reasonable the usage of this technology for this plane in particular? What it, What is it about this plane? Is it yeah. just the, is it the 20 um, scientists that were on board? Were they transported somewhere else and may still be alive? Like, what is it that would make this worthy of using this technology when you could destroy the plane or make it disappear in easier ways? Yeah, and that's why I think it's not destruction, because you can just let this plane crash. Everybody's going to be doomed, right? And, you know, maybe it's a matter of government's just really great people, and they're just trying to save a plane because of a matter of opportunity. (laughs) Now, I don't think that our audience (laughs) here is going to believe that. Right. But, you know, maybe. So that's why I think that it's really about self-serving needs, is that the people on board had intellectual property they couldn't afford to lose. And all those conspiracy theories that you were mentioning before all say the plane went to the same location, Diego Garcia military base. That's also where I'm going to speculate that this plane went to if I had to gamble. There was a sighting in the Maldives early in the morning that they see a jumbo jet with a red and white stripe of Malaysian Airlines. The issue was it was from the wrong direction, and it was at 6.15 in the morning, which was far too late in the morning for this to be the plane. But if we have this teleportation kind of capabilities, faster than light travel, then it brings that back into play. Right. Well, and, and, the, and that's what I'm wondering. I yeah. mean, I know the Diego Garcia is close by, but if you're talking about teleportation, does physical proximity even matter at that point? <laughs> yeah, not really. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, we don't know exactly how and where this plane ends up going. When we look at it in the thermal, we see this cold event. This is an endothermic event. This is not an explosion that's happening. It's an absorption of energy. Explosions are exothermic events, releases of energy. So these runaway lithium-ion battery fires, the reason why they're so dangerous is they keep coming back up every time you put it out, just like one of those candles. It's those trick candles. But if it's an absorption of energy that's happening, it's possible the event itself is absorbing the energy from the batteries making it so that those that fire is out permanently. And now you can have your plane be anywhere. Part of what we don't know is, can you just set this plane down with this teleportation and have the inertia be completely removed? Or does it have to ha- still obey the laws of conservation momentum and still be moving? If so, then you need to move this plane somewhere else in the sky where it would still be flying. Or potentially you could just move it anywhere you want. But since we have this site in the Maldives... And I happen to believe all these witnesses actually saw the plane. I think that they moved it somewhere else, and then they flew it and flew it low again is what the sighting was in the Maldives to Diego Garcia, which is the logical place to hide this plane. There's no commercial jets can land there. 
Uh, they've got a protected zone around it. It's got a known CIA black site where there's prisons underneath there that was mm -hmm. revealed by a FOIA request many years ago. Um, if you look at it on Google Earth Pro, all the airplanes after 2014 just disappear from the runway. Right. It's like I would guarantee there's an elevator that allows planes to go underground there, and they have an mm -hmm. underground hangar somewhere. Yeah, and then wow. this also allows for this tiny bits of debris that they found, which is totally consistent with our scenario of a fire and this teleportation. Like, you just rip off the flapper on and throw it in the water, right? right. And then now, later, if it washes up on the shore later on, um, and I'll this flapper on as well. Hold, yeah, hold, hold on, on hold on, right there, Ashton. we, we got to go to break. I mean, this really is fascinating. What we're dealing with here really takes you out of the realm of logic and, and understanding this into just bafflement on my half. Infowarstore.com. We also have storewide free shipping, double Patriot points. We have X2 about to sell out. We have Winter Sun, the best D3, finally back in stock. Still good for immune system. We have Vaso Beats with the nitrous oxide to boost your heart health. All of it. We have Turbo Force, the most powerful, high quality brain boost nootropic out there that's also good for you, unlike other brain boosters that aren't. Turbo Force discounted. Infowarstore.com. Get Turbo Force. Get Winter Sun. Get it all at InfoWarsStore.com. And I want to thank you all for keeping us on air over the years. You've seen that we've delivered together. You delivered supporting us. I've delivered not giving up. Praise God and pass the ammunition in the information war. Get a copy of my book, The Great Awakening. Sign or unsigned, InfoWarsStore.com. Take action. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. Infowars.com forward slash show. All right, welcome back, folks. This is, unfortunately, our final segment with Ashton Forbes. And if you're as, as intrigued by all of these revelations as I am, you got to go to JustXAshton on Twitter, at JustXAshton. He's got a pinned tweet that is extremely thorough. As you said, something like 12 pages of information. The comments are replete with people trying to debunk him and he debunking the debunkers. I mean, you could really go down several rabbit holes here. Uh, but I also think your letter to Congress is very concise and, and has a lot of this information in it. Uh, and so you can go to Ashton Forbes's account, his profile, and see the letter to Congress there that uh, gives more of a general overview of this. And, of course, Greg Reese put together a video and also just texted me to uh, tell you hello. And is, uh, he's glad to see you uh, on here, as, as I am as well. So this is our last segment. 
and I, I still have a lot of questions, as I'm, sh- I'm sure you do too, but what do you want people to take away from this? Just what is the surface level understanding if, if people can walk away with one sentence or one paragraph of understanding as to what you, the totality of what you've uncovered? What would that one idea be? Well, first, I, I want to go ahead and give my condolences to the families of the victims who have been lied to and gaslit by the world and the world governments over what really happened to this plane. I cannot imagine what they've been going through. And that's ultimately the reason why we're doing this, to vindicate them, to vindicate the witnesses who were uh, discredited, the pilots who were vilified, and potentially the leaker who went to prison. And we'll save that potentially for tomorrow for a nice big reveal. Right. But what this these videos have to do is the largest cover-up uh, potentially of uh, any type of cra- crash or anything that we've ever had in the history of the world, or at least pretty far up there. But the technology pushes it over the limit, that this now becomes the biggest verifiable conspiracy of all time, that there's technology out there that renders all wars obsolete. People are dying for no reason. These wars out there are just for money, and that we have been getting lied to potentially for our whole lives about what the course of human history really could be. If we have access to this technology, we can reshape the entire world. And this is why it's potentially being covered up. There's national defense implications to this. Whoever controls this technology is going to control the world. Just a few examples of what this technology could lead to. It's not just teleportation. We could actually have cloaking. We could have force fields, potentially. We can have fusion power. Free energy is actually on the table here as well. It's not just all good, though, as well. It is doomsday weapons. People talk about nuclear weapons. Yes, nuclear weapons are very powerful. Doomsday weapons can blow up suns. So this is potentially the reason why this information has been held secret. Mm -hmm. I truly believe the people that are hiding this believe they're doing so with good intentions, that it's too dangerous potentially for humanity. But I believe and come to the conclusion that the good outweighs the bad, and whatever happens in the future, it's up to us to make sure that we use this response, this technology responsibly. So the reality is the government, U.S. government, who I am fairly certain is responsible for this, and the third-party contractors who have been developing this technology need to come out and tell the truth. It's past time that we learn the truth and past time that we get past our petty differences, political differences, just the small squabbles that we have over stuff that doesn't matter, and come together and unify using this technology to have it reshape our world and use it responsibly so that we don't destroy ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a topic that's been a favorite of so-called conspiracy theorists for a long time because we've known for a while that they have technology they haven't revealed. And even the technology that we know they have is really monumental and incredible. And I mean, there's so many things you mentioned that I do want to get into, and I, I want to get into the whistleblower. We'll save it for tomorrow. We will save that for tomorrow. So I want to ask, you know, quantum entanglement is one of these things yeah. where it seems to violate, from my very limited understanding, the laws of physics. In other words, you can have instantaneous information transfer when you affect one quantum particle, the other one changes that instant, meaning there's no de- no delay even for the speed of light uh, to transfer. So that alone, I think as you mentioned it earlier, sort of borders on magic. It, as far as mm-hmm. I try to conceive it, that's magic, right? The double slit experiment would be another one, which seems to have to do with human consciousness. So, I mean, that's the other thing that that makes this so hard to wrap my mind around. 
you know, you're talking, and we have the story here from Reuters: loss of employees on Malaysia flight a blow. U.S. chipmaker says, and this is free sale, uh, free scale semiconductors who had 20 employees on there uh, that went missing. And I think you mentioned, you know, well, they were going to China. Maybe they didn't want to let them get to China. But if you're people with this level of technology, do you even care about the mundane concerns of warring states? I mean, they've got to be above such petty uh, conflicts, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so first thing I want to say as well, just so I don't forget, is there is a $145,000 bounty from Kim.com, Investigate Earth podcast, and a wealthy follower who ran for uh, upper office uh, that they've all donated this money. And the intention is that anyone who can find the hoaxer of these videos, if anyone thinks that they're not real, go find the hoaxer, bring us the hard drive full of their source work, and you can get $145,000. That's how serious, not just me, but the people who've been following this case are wow. about proving that these videos are authentic. That's the only way anyone can debunk these videos. Now, with respect to the technology, quantum teleportation is real. It's actually been proven multiple times over. Another scientific concept that people struggle with is time dilation is also real. I mean, time is a fluid symmetry. Time flows differently depending on where you are in space-time, depending on how much mass you are near. It doesn't seem that way because we're all on the same planet experiencing the same time dilation effects. Mm. These concepts have been proven. And the only thing we need to extend it to the level where we can have teleportation, as we see in these videos, is a unification theory of quantum and macro. And that's why I've been talking to physicists and engineers. That's why they've been reaching out to me. Because a lot of these people have reached out saying, these videos can prove my 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 concepts, my science, you know. Um and so that's what can enable all of this. And But like you said, it's almost like breakaway civilization level at this point, right? right. The technology is so advanced that it renders everything else obsolete. One hypothetical example of this is that we might be able to just annihilate any nuke or missile that's sent at us. It's a perfect defense mechanism. I mean, we can teleport it back onto them as well, but we might just be able to completely annihilate it and render it just completely moot. So this is the reason why this is a trump card. You don't want to play this card unless you really have to, right. which means that the motive here has to be about much more than just money, right? It's just this is too risky, although I don't think they ever thought this would leak. Um, you know, it really took somebody to make a sacrifice to make this happen. And I think that people in the UFO community, that's what they keep talking about. Well, we need somebody to come out and just leak it and go to jail. Well, that's what happened in this case. And tomorrow, I can't wait to talk to your audiences about that. It is absolutely incredible. And just to clarify, because we just saw the video on screen there for our television viewers, that's not a cut. That's the plane disappearing. The footage continues, but the plane's not there anymore. Yeah. It, it looks like it could be, you know, like a, a cut or, a, you know, some video um, artifact, but that's what actually happened to the plane. It was there and then it was gone. Yep. Yeah, the part about it is that this just makes more sense than anything else has happened. It seems impossible. I even struggle with it. I had ontological shock for weeks where I even had to go ask my family, am I in some kind of Truman Show right. situation where you guys are just all planning a prank on me because I can't figure out how this could be happening? But as the days have gone by, I've made connections with people I never thought I would that have essentially led me to believe that, yes, this is all real, and this technology is being hidden, and that certain factions of the government want this stuff to come out, others don't. I mean, I've even wondered, am I being used myself indirectly just to help get it out? Right. But the more I look through the evidence here, I think they're still trying to hide this desperately. Because the reality is, I don't think they think we're prepared for it. I think they think this technology is so dangerous that they don't want it out there in the public's hands, and that they're doing anything they can to keep it secret. So that's why I am imploring your audience to look at this with an open mind. 
There's a lot of people out there that will never be able to believe these videos to be real no matter what, because that means they've been getting lied to by their authorities, but lied to by the media that they trust, lied to by the academics they've been getting taught, and that they haven't been getting taught the real science that is out there that's not science fiction, but just science itself. That's oh, absolutely incredible. And you know, I think it's obvious. It should be obvious to our audience why they would want to hide something like this. After all, they've hidden things like this before. I mean, anybody who's looked into Nikola Tesla understands that free energy is is completely possible on this planet. But you can see from climate change to wars of the Middle East. I mean, control of resources is a very useful leverage to get people to do things they wouldn't otherwise do, like go to war and kill each other. So, for the control system that is really their superlative concern to continue. They have to have uh, resources that they control the flow of, and if you present technology that undoes the need for all resources, there goes their power. So it, it seems obvious to me why they would want to hide this. I'm just I'm blown away by this. Obviously, my interest is incredibly peaked. I'm sure our audience is as well. You can go and find just an overabundance of information on Ashton's Twitter. It's at just X Ashton. That's at just X Ashton, same name as his YouTube. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for all the work that you've done. I'm very excited to uh, hear you again tomorrow on the Alex Jones show, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Harrison. Oh boy. I just, I'm, I'm absolutely blown away. It's, it's not often that we have a guest that leaves me just completely uh, speechless as to what's been uncovered from quantum mechanics to, I'd even say time travel is hinted at this, uh, anti-gravity, endless free energy. I mean, this is it, folks. This could be a revelation that can shake the world at the foundation. Incredible stuff. Never forget that the answer to 1984 is 1776. We've come a long way in the fight against tyranny, and it's been listeners and viewers like you that have kept us on air. That's why we bring you the very best products so you love them, so you enjoy them, and so you come back and get them again and again so we can stay on the air in the fight against the globalists because it's viewers like you that keep this operation on air. And here we are. Another Christmas is here, being the biggest sale of the year, store-wide free shipping, double Patriot points, up to 60% off, store-wide, my new book, the Great Awakening, get a signed or unsigned copy, it's all there. X2, finally back in stock. Turbo Force, finally back in stock. It's all there at InfoWarsStore.com. So I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. I want to thank you all for your support. We're in this fight together. And I want to encourage you now to get store-wide free shipping, double Patriot points, up to 60% off on all the great products at InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWarsStore.com.